Hi everyone, so sorry that I can't be with you today. Um, I tested positive for COVID last Wednesday, so um, I'm at home doing okay. <laughs> I felt better to be honest, but um, really sorry that I can't be with you today for a whole lot of reasons. One of which is that the, the things that I'm gonna share today have been, this has been a talk that's been in my head for the last six months. I'm just really looking forward today, so just gutted I can't be with you, but I hope that it comes across okay on video right right straight we kick off why don't you just have a look around you know if you're in the room that's easy to do if you're online that's a little bit more difficult you'll just have to imagine the room uh, maybe from the last time you were there if, if you've been on site with us um, but what you'll see is that we're all wonderfully different in so many ways uh, different ages genders hairstyles clothing over the last couple of weeks we've had some running debate about whether titanic is a good movie or not um, and there'll be differences of opinion on that one of our differences is skin color something physical that was formed in us before we were born and connected to that is our ethnicity our culture and connected to that are issues of race, which I'll come back to, but is actually a political term that talks about who holds power. Now, we're in a series which we've entitled Inside Out, and we're thinking about our stories of formation, of spiritual formation. And today we're going to think about ethnicity. And I'm aware this is a biggie. This is a complex issue. We all hold beliefs and attitudes about our own ethnicity. Some of those will be good, some of them less good. We also all hold beliefs and attitudes about people who are different to us. And again, some of those will be good and some of them less good. These values are formed in us from an early age and they are often reinforced by our lived experience. And we also find ourselves living in a world that for centuries has been marked by ethnic hostility and fragmentation, often on the basis of skin colour. We're going to think today about what's possible when the gospel of Jesus Christ gets hold of us individually and also as a community. We're going to think about what it can be to be different together. I'm going to suggest that we all need the power of God's redemptive love in Jesus Christ to transform us and to reform us from the inside out. If you're with us today and you say, I'm not yet a follower of Jesus, you're incredibly welcome. And I hope that what I share is helpful to this part of the story that Jesus is inviting you into. I also today want to acknowledge a guy called Rich Villadas. He's a pastor in New York City. Um, he's written this great book, The Deeply Formed Life. Um, but also Rich and his church have really explored this um, whole area of eth ethnic diversity in an incredibly helpful way. Um, and so some of what I'm sharing, uh, I just want to acknowledge Rich in this journey. If you have a Bible, could you turn to Ephesians chapter 2? Um, it's in the latter part of the New Testament, written by the Apostle Paul. And he writes this. This is in verse 14 of chapter 2. He himself, talking about Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one 
and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostilities, predominantly talking about Jews and Gentiles and ethnic division. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. That is a wonderful description of a new humanity in Christ, where dividing walls of ethnicity are gone. And I want to suggest that this is an integral part of the gospel. The way we understand the good news, the gospel, will determine the degree to which we give ourselves to ethnic and racial reconciliation, of us being different together. If we think that the gospel is just personal, in other words, me and Jesus, and it's about getting to heaven, in other words, some future time, then we probably won't think that much about ethnicity and race. But it is the gospel that creates this new humanity, this new family that's made up of vastly different people and that it is only possible through Jesus Christ. And if you go back a few verses to the beginning of chapter 2, we get the foundation of this story. So Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the, the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. The problem isn't that we mess up here and there. The problem, Paul tells us, is that we are dead and that we need to be made alive. The gospel isn't about bad people can become good or that good people can become better. It's that dead people can be made alive. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And then Paul writes in verse 14 that because of all of that, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. I love this from Rich Villadas. He writes, the cross is not just a bridge that gets us to God. That is true, but it's not just that. The cross, it's a sledgehammer that tears down walls that separate us. God is not just interested in saving individuals. He's forming a new people, a new humanity, a new way of relating to one another in Christ.
Christ. Yet there's a problem. Sin is still at work. We can find ourselves stuck in our attitudes. We can be sometimes surprised by a thought that goes through our mind about people that are different to us. As a church here at Riverside, we've grown in diversity and that is wonderful, but that does not mean we've arrived, in fact, far from it. We are not a perfect reflection of the kingdom. You see, actually what we're experiencing today, you can get a whole lot of this at a gig. Diverse room full of people singing together. In the church, there has to be more than that. There has to be an ongoing story of reconciliation. And what do I mean by reconciliation? Well, I love this from Dr. Brenda Salter McNeil. She's a Christian author and speaker. She writes that reconciliation is the ongoing spiritual process involving forgiveness, repentance, and justice that restores broken relationships and systems to reflect God's original intention for all creation to flourish. Friends, there is an ongoing story, personally and as a church family. So how do we continue to work on this? I'm gonna share with us today five signs that we're taking this seriously, five signs. Firstly, we normalize the complexity of being this new family. I think about my own family, my own household. There are two English people, there are two Welsh people. Rugby days are very tricky. Navigating stuff together, you'll know that from your own household, can be difficult at times. So can you imagine throwing people of many, many different ethnic backgrounds together? It's very complex. What we need to do is be humble, teachable, and listen to other people's stories. Over the past few months, Bethan and I have set up a cultural diversity task force in our church here at Riverside. And a few months ago, we asked that group of people to share their stories of ethnic formation and their experience. In all my years of pastoral leadership, I think it was one of the most profound moments. It was deeply humbling and at times really painful. And what we've done, we've recorded some of that conversation onto a video for, um, that, and that's embedded in our small group materials for this week. In my view, it is very powerful. So I want to ask you to do two things this week. Firstly, please make sure you're part of a small group this week. And secondly, listen. Your story may be similar or very different to those that are shared. You may agree or disagree with some perspectives. A mark of our maturity is if we will simply take the time to listen. The second sign is that we explore our own ethnic formation. We're all formed by our families of origin and the surrounding culture. And what we do is we internalize messages about people who don't look like us. Things like who's beautiful and who's not. 
who's competent and who's not, who's trustworthy and who's not. And we need to wrestle with these messages with God's help. Because if we don't wrestle with them, if we don't explore them, what we will do is perpetuate a story of fragmentation. Unless we explore these messages, we won't live out the Ephesians 2 vision of a new humanity. But I know that this exploration can be painful. It can lead us to feelings of guilt and shame and times where we'll need to confess some stuff to the Lord. So here's some questions that are challenging, but that can also help us to explore our own formation. And I would invite you and encourage you just to prayerfully sit with and wrestle with these questions over these next few days and weeks. Things like, how did your family talk about white people, black people, Asian people, Middle Eastern people, etc.? What were the messages? Who were the people you were taught to fear and why? For me, I grew up in an area of southeast London which was overwhelmingly white. But we were told not to go to areas just a few miles up the road, primarily for reasons of ethnicity. And that was a message that was passed down to me and something that I need to wrestle with. Thirdly, who were you taught? Who were the people you were taught were beneath you? And what assumptions about some of those groups that I've listed do you hold? I, I'm just these are really challenging questions, but I believe that they help us to explore our formation in this area of our lives. Third sign. We lament and we resist the racial sins that continue to shape our world today. Rich Villadas's book. I have found really helpful in understanding what's meant and the differences between ethnicity and culture and race. And very briefly, race is about power. It's a political term. It's about dominion. It's about who can exercise power within a governing structure. And racial sin can occur at a personal level and at a society level. But the wonderful thing is, friends, that in this new humanity in Christ, we can join our lives together with those who maybe are mistreated, with those who maybe are overlooked or under-resourced because of the colour of their skin. And there are three things that are going to help us to do that. Listen, lament and learn. And what we've done is we put in a number of things over these next few weeks and months that will help us to lean into this space. Firstly, to listen to small group materials this week and having conversations with people. And we listen. Talk to people who are different to you, people who are of a different ethnicity to you. Be inquisitive and just listen to their story. Secondly, 
lament. We are creating a worship night on Sunday the 10th of April at 6 o'clock, a space to lament, to just express the deep things of our hearts, and a space for healing. We just know that over these next few weeks, things are going to be coming up in our lives that we're going to need to process together in the presence of Jesus. And that is just one space where we can do that and learn. We need to learn. On the 4th of May, we're going to have a question time. There's going to be a panel of people of different ethnic backgrounds where we can simply ask questions. Um, We have this week put up some new resources onto the resources page of our website. That's riversidevineyard.com slash resources, um, specifically in this area of learning about cultural diversity. And so they range from some videos which are just like two minutes long uh, through to some longer videos and then some books. But I would encourage you to engage with that. And another thing we're going to do, do you remember some of you that were around Riverside about three or four years ago, we ran a campaign called Shared Tables, where we simply encourage people to open up a dining space, a dinner table, your favorite restaurant, and just share that space with some people of a different ethnic background to yourself. Well, we're going to do that again um, this coming June. So we'll talk about that more when we get closer to that. But a great time, again, where we can learn and listen to one another. Fourth sign is that we will practice repentance and forgiveness. We all fall short. We all need God's grace. So we need to repent of our blind spots, our insensitivities, uh, the stereotypes that are unhelpful. So we repent of those things and we forgive. If we've been hurt in any way, there's only one way forward, according to Jesus, and that's to let go, to forgive those burdens. And the fifth sign is that we cling to Jesus Christ. He is our peace. He is our hope. So we choose to follow the way of Jesus. Jesus's way is one of self-giving love, of forgiveness, of reconciliation. And so we reach out to him for his redemptive love to be at work in our lives, to transform us, to reform us from the inside out. So I'm coming into land. We're going to share communion in a moment. But before we do that, I want to share one last thought with us. Sometimes I hear people say, that we're all going to be the same in heaven, that our colour differences are going to be eliminated. I don't believe that to be true. As I read Revelation chapter 7, where it talks about all tribes and and nations gather before the throne of Jesus, I see a multicoloured throng of people. And I love this from Esau Macaulay. He's the professor of New Testament at Wheaton College in Illinois. And he writes this. God's vision for his people is not the elimination of ethnicity to form a colorblind uniformity of sanctified blandness. Instead, God sees the creation of a community of different cultures united by faith in his son as a manifestation of the expansive nature of his grace. This expansiveness is unfulfilled unless the differences are seen and celebrated, not as ends unto themselves, but as particular manifestations of the power of the Spirit 
to bring forth the same holiness among different peoples and cultures for the glory of God. Friends, this is a beautiful story. We are on a story. We are part of the gospel story of Jesus Christ. And part of that is the celebration of our ethnicities. Um, and so we love what Jesus is doing in our church. We know that we have not arrived. We know that we have got a journey to go on. But we love the story that Jesus is writing in our community. God bless you and see you soon.